0: Hello! We're glad that you've joined us. We hope that you're doing well. And we're very glad that you're interested in spiritual things. My name is Ethan, and I work with the Venice Church of Christ. And today we're going to continue a conversation we've been having about some of the kings of Israel and Judah. Um, there's a lot that we can learn from the kings, from their example. In 2 Timothy 3, 15-17, we see that uh, all Scripture is inspired and and can equip us for every good work through In part, it's examples and the things that we learn from the things that have happened in the past, that from the encouragement of the scriptures, Romans 15 and verse 3, we might have hope. And so, unfortunately, with the kings, we have more of a negative example of things not to do, but there's still a lot of stuff that we can consider. And today, let us consider Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah. And We learn about Jehoash in 2 Kings 11 and 12 and 2 Chronicles chapter 22. To begin with, Jehoash is a king of Judah. And there's a lot that we learn that was going on uh, before Jehoash was anywhere uh, on the scene that very deeply influenced his life and what had gone on in the days before him. Jehoash's great grandfather, Jehoshaphat, who was son of Asa, the king of Judah, had made peace with Ahab, the king of Israel. And that was a double-edged sword, according to 1 Kings twenty-two forty-four and 2 Chronicles eighteen one and 2. And this is double-edged because, on the one hand, ever since the kingdom split in the days of Rehoboam, uh, Judah had been more or less in a continual state of war with Israel, and it wasn't going well for them. It, it was kind of to their disadvantage. Israel to the north had much more material advantage than Judah to the south, and they weren't doing well in all of these wars. So by making peace, Jehoshaphat allows for a time of economic prosperity, and so things go well in the day of Jehoshaphat because of this of this uh, alliance. But he marries his son to Jeho- Je- Jehoram to Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab. Then that's going to prove to be a decision that was almost fatal to the entire Davidic monarchy. In 2 Kings 8:18, 8, 26 and 2 Chronicles 18:2 and 21:6. Now Jehoram acted wickedly. And he's no doubt influenced by his wife, who is a daughter of Ahab. And he only reigns eight years. And during his reign, we're told that Edom revolts successfully. In 2 Kings 8, 16-24, and Second Chronicles 21, 1-20. His son Ahaziah reigns in his place. But he only reigns for a year. He is wicked as well, and he is killed by Jehu, son of Nimshi, along with his uncle Jehoram, who was king of Israel at the time. In 2 Kings eight twenty-five 25-29, and 9, 14-29, and the first nine verses of 2 Chronicles 22. And we had discussed previously Jehu and the great work that he had done, and that it was an act of faithfulness to Yahweh that he killed Jehoram and, and here Ahaziah as well. But it had very horrendous consequences for the kingdom of Judah to the south. Because Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead in 2 Kings 11.1, 1, and she arose and destroyed all the royal family. So she goes ahead and tries to exterminate the house of David, and she reigns over Judah herself for about seven years. She was quite wicked. She served Baal, and she was odious to the people of Judah. Now we said she was almost fully successful. But Jehosheba who is also called Jehoshabeath, who is a daughter of Jehoram, the sister of Ahaziah, she hid this Jehoash, also called Joash in some texts, uh, who is the son of Ahaziah, in the temple of Yahweh. And therefore she is kept away from Athaliah and protected by Jehoiada the high priest, who also happens to be the husband of Jehoshabah, in 2 Kings 11, 2 and 3, and also in 2 Chronicles 22, 11 through 12. So when Jehoash is seven years old, Jehoiada had him proclaimed as king behind the defenses of the temple guard. And upon this proclamation, uh, we're told that he had Athaliah brought out and killed, as well as Matan, priest of Baal, in 2 Kings 11, 4 through 18 and 2 Chronicles 23, the first 17 verses. And the fact that all this went down very quickly and without a whole lot of bloodshed definitely shows that the people of Judah had very little loyalty of toward Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab, the king of Israel. Uh, looked at her as an usurper of the throne, and nobody cried when she died. And instead, in 2 Kings 11.19, we're told that Israel, Judah me, rejoices at the accession of Jehoash. So at seven years old, Jehoash is made king. Now most of us seven years old aren't exactly uh, actively making a lot of decisions for ourselves. And the same was true of Jehoash. Jehoiada is his counselor and helps guide him to rule the people faithfully. And he does so. And in fact, we're told in 2 Chronicles 23, 16-21 that Jehoiada uh, and Jehoash do a lot of work to restore the, the service to... Yahweh in the temple in Jerusalem to the way it was in the days of David. And Jehoash's main work, uh, for the, which he is known forever, is the restoration of the temple in 2 Kings 12, 4-16, and 2 Chronicles 24, 1-14. Um, Jehoash intended, it seemed pretty early in his reign, for the temple to be restored from the money of the yearly assessment of will offerings. Um, but when he was 30 years old in his 23rd year, so he's, he's now no longer seven, no longer a boy, able to make his own decisions, uh, he calls Jehoiada to account because the, the changes had not been made, the restorations had not been made, and he demanded the work to be done. And so a chest is made in which they could put the money. And the high priest and the king's secretary would weigh it out and pay the workmen. And we're told it's extraordinary in 2 Kings 12, 6-16, and 2 Chronicles 24, 6-14, through that uh, no accounting was demanded. And yet the money that was provided was enough to restore the Temple of Yahweh, to rebuild whatever had been broken down, and to also make the utensils again for the service that was necessary. Now, this whole restoration is celebrating an inscription that was recently found in Jerusalem, the Jehoash inscription, but uh, that uh, particular um, inscription's authenticity has been highly disputed, but if it is a legitimate artifact, uh, it goes to show that that this is rooted in historical events. And so things seem to be going well in the age of Jehoash, we have all of these changes taking place, and they seem to be for the best. Uh, unfortunately though, we, we see the downfall of Jehoash. And that is we're told in Second Chronicles chapter twenty four and verse fifteen that Jehoiada grew old and full of days, and he died. He was one hundred and thirty at the old at his death, and they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel and toward God in his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the princes of Judah came and paid homage to the king. Then the king listened to them, and they abandoned the house of the Yahweh, the God of their fathers, and served the Asherim and the idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this guilt of theirs. Yet he sent prophets among them to bring them back to Yahweh. These testified against them, but they would not pay attention. This becomes quite tragic in 2 Chronicles twenty four twenty through 22 Because Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest... Uh, this Holy Spirit comes upon him and he proclaims the word of Yahweh. Why do you break the commandments of Yahweh so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken Yahweh, he has forsaken you. Because of this, they conspired against him at the command of the king, the very king who was preserved and who was installed by Jehoiada, his father, had him stoned with stoned his son stoned with stones in the court of the house of the Yahweh. And as Zechariah dies, he cries out, "May Yahweh see and avenge." And this does not go well for Jehoash. In Second Kings 12, we're told that God sends Hazael, king of Aram against Jehoash, and that Jehoash tries to buy him off with all of the treasure of his house of the temple, to basically uh, waste everything that he had accumulated. Uh, in Second Chronicles, uh, we're told that Hazael lays waste to the land and they left Jehoash severely wounded, verse 25. And that his servants conspired against him because of the blood of the son of Jehoiada the priest and they killed him on his bed. And they, he died and they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. And so this is an ignominious death assassinated by his own servants after having been brought low by the Aramean king uh, who had come at the instigation of Yahweh uh, to punish the people for their idolatry. So this is the life of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah. What can we learn from him? Well, we can see the power of influence very clearly in the life of Jehoash, that Jeho- Jehoash did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh all the days of Jehoiada the priest. But once Jehoiada the priest died, he went a different way. Jehoash owed his life and success to Yahweh and Jehoiada and Jehoshaphat, who protected him for the sake of the house of David. If it weren't for them, then the house of David might have been fully exterminated and the idolaters would have been ascendant in Judah. And Jehoash stayed faithful to Yahweh his purposes. In fact, we, it seems that he is more emphatic on the restoration of the temple than Jehoiada himself is. But when Jehoiada finally passes on, Jehoash is more influenced by his peers, or those who perhaps are even younger than he is. And he forgets about the loving kindness of Yahweh and Jehoiada. And he starts to do the very types of things that made her, his grandmother odious to Judah. And the very same idolatry that had led so much consternation in, in Israel and that brought Judah very low. And he was brought down by a very ignominious fate, very humbling faith that he died and his body left unburied uh, in terms of buried but not buried with the kings. He, he did not have his place with his fathers because he was not deemed worthy of them. And his son, Amaziah, is forced to reckon with the kingdom laid low and the challenges that would come with it. But there is that powerful, positive influence to begin with. The Jehoash's early days were the bright spot religiously between Jehoshaphat and Amaziah, mostly because of Jehoiada's influence. And when Jehoash firmly adhered to the service of Yahweh, things went well. And that's important for us to recognize uh, in First Corinthians 12, 21-27, Ephesians 4, 11-16, and Hebrews 10, 24-25, the church, as the people of God, are to be a source of encouragement to one another, that we provide a positive influence for one another in the faith, allowing one another to grow and to be encouraged in the faith. And if we surround ourselves with people who encourage us to serve God, and we take counsel from those who encourage us to serve God, we're more likely to serve God and to have more godly attributes in our lives. On the other hand, we see what happens when Jehoash surround himself with his peers and other people who were not as interested in serving Yahweh as the one true God. All the past heritage did not matter anymore. The hypocrisy did not matter anymore. Jehoash committed idolatry and compounded his sin by executing Zechariah when he spoke against it. Uh, That's the very pervasive power of negative influence. It can undo years of positive influence and leave somebody in sin very dead very quickly and it's very tragic and it's so sad for us to see in 1 Corinthians 15:33 and 34 we have a very instruct uh, powerful and instructive message that uh, the Corinthians uh, only began to start denying the resurrection, the centerpiece of the faith, because they allowed negative influence to corrupt them, that evil companionship corrupts good morals. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, six, Galatians 5, 9, that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It does not take a lot of influence from sin and error for somebody to be corrupted. And how many times have we seen good people go bad because they gave into negative influences? It's very tragic, very tragic indeed. And ultimately, Jehoash is an illustration of what he, the prophet Ezekiel is talking about in Ezekiel eighteen twenty four through 26 At that time, it says that Israel did not think Yahweh was just for not punishing the sons for the sins of the fathers, and punishing a man even if he had done righteousness before sinning. But Jehoash sadly illustrates exactly why Yahweh is just to do such things. Yes, Jehoash restored the, the, the temple, but he died wallowing in sin. After all the kindnesses Jehoiada showed him, Jehoash kills his son Zechariah for standing up for what he and his father knew was right. The same reason Jehoiada stood up against Athaliah and risked his own life to make that Jehoash king. Jehoash's condemnation is just. He had done good. He had brought some prosperity to, to Judah. He had walked in the ways of the Lord and obtained those blessings. But by turning and serving idols, the anger of Yahweh was kindled against him. And he left his kingdom bereft of treasure, spoiled by an enemy, and he died ignominiously at the hands of a conspiracy because of all that he had done in Israel. Now so much hope had surrounded Jehoash, son of Ahaziah, that Yahweh, through him, had preserved a remnant of the house of David. He listened to Jehoiada and restored the temple service and the temple itself. But ultimately, Jehoash is a disappointment. Because when Jehoiada died, so did Jehoash's faithfulness. He pursued idols, and Jehoiada's son killed for speaking against it. And Judah suffered devastation at the hands of the Arameans, and Jehoash was assassinated. And that's why we need to learn the power of influence from Jehoash son of Ahaziah. That positive influence can lead to so many blessings, but it can all be undone in a very short time if we allow negative influences to take over. So let us devote ourselves to disciplines which encourage faithfulness toward God and associate with those and take counsel from those who seek to glorify God, and thus remain faithful to God and Christ. We hope that you've been benefited by this. If you'd like to talk more about Jehoash, some other kings of Judah or Israel, or maybe like talk more about faith or any of your prayer requests, maybe like know what it, what it takes to become a Christian, any way we can be of service, please let us know. Please contact me through my website at com. That's www.deverbovitai.com ae.com. Or you can check us out online. as Venice Church of Christ at Christ.org. We're also on social media on Google. Plus Facebook, Instagram, Meetup, and Twitter. Mostly Venice Church. We again thank you. Have a great day.